So New York City's being aggressive about people on the streets committing crime that they deem are homeless or are mentally challenged right now. And it's such a tough topic. It's tough to know what to do and what to say. We have had violence on our streets. I think about the woman that was murdered, in essence, at a Kipling uh, a Kipling bus shelter in the summer um, out of nowhere, set on fire by some maniac. And we got to think about her and her safety. So I talk about the aspects of getting people better while still respecting elements of their independence. It's a really tight, tight rope to walk. We'll get into it now in Toronto Today. So following this string of attacks, Eric Adams is going to, in essence, involuntarily commit New Yorkers that they deem have committed criminal offenses and have untreated mental illness. So city workers can hospitalize people who refuse treatment. What if they're not a danger to themselves? What if they're not just doing anything? It doesn't matter if they have a record and city workers can document that they have done things before that uh, that that sort of push the line of violence or intimidation. It's going to be really interesting to see how people react to this. Like, why would you disagree with this? Is it compassionate to let people live on the streets? No, it's not. That's me saying that. I don't think it is. Um, it because those people as well can be victims of violence. They can be victims of the elements. It's going to get colder these next three months. I made this point with Diana last, uh, last when we talked on Tuesday, is when you leave people out on the street in Toronto, in Boston, in New York, they die. They die in the winter. Not all of them, but in a bigger number than in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, Vancouver, where it's not going to be a, a minus 32 wind chill three nights in a row. You can kind of dodge the bullets, if you will, of frigid cold temperatures like that for a while but eventually we know that this results in more people passing away more people going to hospital with frostbite so this is about their protection as well and there has to be some sort of middle ground between hey we're going to involuntarily hold you in a mental health facility versus you living on the street how do we give people opportunity for shelter and is shelter different from housing so if we need, and by the way, it's going to cost money in New York to involuntarily hold people that they deem as dangerous to everybody else. We do have those people in Toronto. Can we not play all Pollyanna like we don't? Just because there's been more reported crime in New York. There's been more people murdered in the subway, shot in the subway, pushed in front of subway trains. I give you the example of, of the woman that was lit on fire. There have been a couple other attacks. There was a woman who pushed another woman in front of a subway train, and she miraculously survived last winter. So, look, there's people suffering from homelessness that we really could help and get them back on their feet. We really could be there. And there's also, in Toronto, sorry if this hurts you, your feelings, there's mentally ill people wandering around, committing crimes, wreaking havoc, and we should remove them and make the distinction that not everybody goes under the same umbrella of experiencing homelessness. We have a right to be protected on our streets. Women have a right to wait at a bus stop and not worry they're going to be doused with gasoline because that happened earlier this year. Yes, they've got the guy. Yes, he's going to face a murder charge. It's too late for her and her family. So what's the line here? You may not trust John Tory or Eric Adams or any other mayor to treat these people humanely because in essence the concept is whisk them away 
get them treatment. They're not getting sent to jail. They're not being convicted of a crime. And I get it over time in the 60s and 70s and especially the 80s as well. We just did that. We cleared mentally ill people off the street and no doubt there was uh, a lack of accountability. No doubt there was abuse in the system. But again, there are streets also. There are intersections also. There are public transit shelters also. And I will give you a quick story. Pulled up to a gas station. I had to pick up my mother-in-law downtown Oh, three Fridays ago. I think it was Remembrance Day um, that that was the case. So let's, yeah, Remembrance Day on the Friday. And uh, I, I stopped to get gas uh, in downtown Toronto. Got approached for money. Didn't have any. Like, we, don't, we just don't carry cash anymore, right? So it was one of those situations. But there were two guys that were, like, sort of camped almost like guards outside the convenience store. And it was patently obvious to me. And, and the woman pulls up next to me and she's getting gas as well. And she said to me, I haven't told this story before. Um, she said, would you walk in with me? That's how she feels about that. Now, I don't, I don't consider her being insensitive. That's her saying, I don't want to walk past those two guys camped out, clearly struggling, transient. One was very much muttering to himself. I want to help those people, not just leave them there. But what's, what's the middle ground? Okay, if you're suffering from some apparent psychosis, let's get you out of the, the so you're not hanging outside mobile on the run all day trying to collect eight dollars. Let's get you into a mental health safety net system or into a shelter. Let's do that. Don't want to go. Let's have a conversation about it. Maybe we can coax you. Maybe we can cajole you. But when somebody who's got two kids in the car, is filling up her gas tank. I don't care who she is and what she does. When she's afraid to go into that gas station in downtown Toronto, don't tell me that's not a problem. Don't tell me that's not a dangerous scenario. If she thinks she's in danger, that matters.